Good evening, Mosaic friends and family. How are we feeling this afternoon? It's almost feeling like fall. It's so close. I'm so excited. Pumpkin spice latte season's official. It's happening. Uh, on that note, let's focus our eyes and attention on Christ. Church, would you stand with me as we're actually gonna sing a new song tonight. This was written uh, by some of our fellowship worship team here. It's, it's a song that was written uh, here. A lot of our Fayetteville people uh, had really spent some time processing Philippians as we were looking at it. So Bree is gonna lead us through this song tonight, but I just encourage you to take in these words. If you start to catch on, just participate and sing. So let's, let's worship together and focus our eyes and attention on Christ.
Mosaic. Hey, my name is Ashley Covert. I'm the communications coordinator here if I haven't met you yet. Just wanted to take a second to say thank you for being with us on Saturday. We know there are lots of things that you could be doing. Maybe a Razorback game. If anybody's checking the score, let me know. Just kidding. Um, But no, for real, we're glad to have you here. We know this week comes with all kinds of highs and lows for each of us individually, and we're just grateful that you would choose to be here to rest in the Lord with us. So a uh, couple things I wanna put before you. We are starting our brand new series tonight. So we're gonna be in Philippians. Um, if you haven't grabbed a study journal yet, those are available in the foyer. Um, we also have our digital copy available. You can find it right now uh, on the website or on our mobile app. And I'll talk about our mobile app a little bit more in a second. Um, But in the foyer, you maybe also saw some of the new Spectra art that is up. So we have um, just so so many talented artists, um, not only in Mosaic, but on on the Rogers uh, Sunday morning team, and they have graciously uh, put their art on display for us to see, and it all tracks with the Philippians series. So if you haven't um, taken a look at that, it's going to be up um, for the duration of this series. We'd love for you to check it out. Um, And then the song that we just sang, To Live as Christ. Man, what talented people that we have on our fellowship worship uh, staff. Um, We're gonna be incorporating that throughout this series as well. It's available um, on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, 
anywhere that you're listening to music, you can find that. Um, one really concise place to get connected through it is with our new mobile app. So I don't know if any of you have been utilizing this yet. We've kind of relaunched the mobile app uh, to give it a brand new interface and make it even more user-friendly. Um, it's the perfect little hub for everything that you're doing uh, with fellowship. So um, you can find the study guide there. You can link to the groups that you're in. Uh, you can manage your giving. You can also click a link to listen to the song. So really grateful to have that uh, at our fingertips. Feel free to download it while we're chatting. Um, but as we continue in worship, if you wouldn't stand with me, we're going to read our offering prayer and then continue with the evening. So read this aloud with me. Oh, Father, giver of all, every good and perfect gift comes from you. We ask you to accept these gifts and use them to your glory. May they bring shelter to the homeless, comfort to the sick, rest to the weary, and hope to the hopeless. As you multiply the offering of fish and loaves, multiply these to more than we can ask or imagine. We give freely and not under compulsion, for all we have is yours, Lord. Nothing we can give could match your great gift to us, your Son and your Spirit. Amen.
this out. the song we sang a couple weeks ago about the love of God. If you're anything like me, the uh, love of God has been hard to feel lately, just to be honest. I wanna invite you into this moment, if that's you tonight. Would you hear these words and hear these truths because I find them so encouraging. Let's sing this together.
As we continue in our worship, Lord, help us to sing of your greatness and your goodness with honesty and truth, Lord, as we confess your greatness. Let's sing together. How great thou art, 
Mosaic. My name is Maddie Gilliard. I serve, or I've been a part of Mosaic for seven years now. I serve with the fourth and fifth grade girls upstairs with Mosaic Kids, and I'm also a sixth grade girls cell group leader as well as serve on the worship team. Today's passage is from Philippians 1, 1 through 11. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart, and whether I'm in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. 
God can testify how long for all of you, how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ Jesus, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Thanks be to God. Or, sorry. In the... <laughs> My bad. This is the word of the Lord. <laughs> Yeah, thanks be to God, huh? How great thou art. Wow, what a great song to introduce. Uh, I might get thirsty tonight, so I, I'm having some stuff here. Uh, to introduce uh, this new series. Um, I am sincerely excited to have the opportunity to introduce tonight what for the next several months we'll be studying. This is what many theologians call Paul's love letter to the church at Philippi. Um, there aren't any other books that they refer to as Paul's love letter, but Philippians is considered by many Paul's love letter. And um, in the next several months, we're going to be able to share energizing, encouraging, enlightening passages in ways that can help us become more like our Lord calls us to be. I hope you were here last week when Nick gave uh, a brief introduction to Philippians and to Paul. And one of the unique things about Paul, Paul was used by God to build a lot of churches and, and to found churches all over the world at that time. But Paul's main goal was not to build more and bigger and better churches. Nothing wrong with that. But Paul's goal was to build people, to encourage growth, to help men and women like you and me who struggle with discouragement and depression and distractions to help them and help us become more like our Lord Jesus Christ, to experience the joy that reflects who our Lord is. There are three major themes in Philippians. Citizenship, one. Two is partnership. And three is joy. And um, I love Pastor Nick's phrase that joy is oozing out of every page of the book of Philippians. And we're going to discover that tonight. Uh, have you ever received a letter of appreciation or thanks from someone maybe you hadn't seen in a long time, maybe for 10, 15 years? And it was just a note that said, hey, I was thinking about you, you came to mind, and I wanted to thank you for whatever, when we were in high school or we were in college or uh, when we were just starting out, and let you know how much I appreciate you. And maybe it depends upon your relationship that, that I love you and I value you, and God from time to time reminds me to pray for you. You know, one fun thing about getting older uh, is that in the last probably 10, 15 years, I've been getting more of those from people that I didn't remember until I, I read that note. And uh, several of them said, we haven't seen each other for 10, 15 years. What's it like when someone says thank you? When someone says, I value you, not because of your performance, not because of what you bought them, not because of um, anything like massive you've done, but just for being a friend, for having a heart, for caring for me. You know, that's kind of what this letter is about. And 
Um, that's what Philippians is about. Just a book of encouragement. Okay, how did the Philippians church begin? We won't spend much time on this, but it's important. In fact, Philippians had probably the most unique beginning of any of the churches in the New Testament. Paul and Silas uh, visited Philippi on their second missionary journey. And there were three key events that marked the foundation of the church. These are unusual. I wish I had time to unpack them more. I don't. But here they are. Number one, the first con the very first convert was a businesswoman named Lydia. And she was a very successful businesswoman. And there were a number of other women who were part of the founding, the beginning of the church in Philippi. She was a woman of means. She was a God-fearer. And um, again, women played a very important role in the founding of the church at Philippi. Number two, Paul heals a demon-possessed girl. There was a demon-possessed girl who could tell the future for people. And the guys who owned her uh, were making big bucks. So Paul sees this demon-possessed girl. He heals her. The demon comes out, but she can't foretell the future anymore. So these guys are losing money. So they get ticked off because there was a day her friends on the law. Paul and Silas get arrested. They're not just arrested, but they're taken to prison and they're stripped. Now, I've never been stripped, but I, you know, being stripped with people around me, they were stripped and they were beaten. And they weren't just beaten, they were severely beaten. And that oftentimes suggests what was used was a whip called a cat of nine tails. Piece of wood, quite about this long, with nine leather straps coming out. And at the end, in a couple places in between, there was usually a, a jagged rock, a piece of metal. And so when the jailer would take it and hit some person in the back, it would usually hit the back and come around the side. And if they kept it tight and yanked it out, pieces of flesh would come out with that tad of nine tails. So you have Paul and Silas. <clears throat> they were put in jail. They were stripped. They were severely beaten, and they were imprisoned. Now, they were having a terrible, awful, horrible, no good, very bad day. <laughs> okay? And uh, so now they're in prison, and they're singing hymns to God. And Paul and Silas weren't in denial, but they somehow knew that God could cause all things to work together for good. Even terrible, awful, horrible, no good, negative circumstances. And so they're singing praises to God. And uh, uh, as a result of this, oh, and, and by the way, Paul in, I think, chapter 4, verse 4, says to the Philippians, rejoice always. Well, Paul practiced what he preached. Paul just didn't do like an emotional pep rally. Paul <clears throat> rejoiced always. And uh, so as a result of their praise, God shakes things up, the chains fall off, the prisoners get free, and when the jailer wakes up and sees this, he grabs a sword to kill himself, because if they find the jailers have escaped, the prisoners have escaped, he's toast. Well, the prisoner stays there, the jailer comes in, Paul leads him to the Lord and Silas, his whole family becomes saved. I mean, it's, it's an amazing story. Now, 10 years later, Paul's writing a letter to these folks in Philippi. But 
understand this. In the meantime, Paul had been in prison in Caesarea for two years. And then he had to go to Rome to stand trial. So on the trip from Caesarea to Rome, a boat with 276 people, there's a major storm, the boat crashes in, in the ocean close to an island, and they're probably all going to die, except God gives Paul instructions. So all 276 people floating on boards and stuff, and they make it to the island, not one of them dies. So Paul's getting fire with to help build a fire, and... Uh, a highly poisonous snake bites him. And the people around him know the snake. They're sure Paul's going to die. Paul doesn't die. He uh, survives a snake bite. Then he's in Rome for two years with no trial. He's been deserted by his friends. He's facing possible execution. And yet, Paul's not criticizing. He's not moaning. He's not whining. But he's joyful. Again, no book in the New Testament is filled, in the Bible is filled with joy as much as Philippians. In just 104 verses, joy is mentioned 14 times. So we're going to have some fun the next couple of months. Let's look at the introduction. Verses 1 and 2, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to God's holy people in Christ at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. The main thing here is that Paul points out that he and Timothy are servants. I mean, he is an apostle. But Paul said, God has called me to serve you. And actually, one of the greatest marks of a Christian is a degree to which, no matter what our last name is, what kind of car we drive, what part of Northwest Arkansas we live in, who we know, the names we can drop, wherever we are, we view ourselves and we look for opportunities to serve, to build, to encourage, to compliment others. <clears throat> we jump over to um, the next section, and, and, and there are actually three themes, and Paul's, in these 11 verses, Paul has three major themes. The first one is, I have you in my mind. He says, I thank God every time I remember you. You know, Paul really just thanked God for things, and that's okay. Paul thanked God for people. And I know early in my walk with the Lord, it was easy for me to thank God for things, and the more things, that was a sign. God loved me, and I, I, I got a raise, and I got a, a nicer car, and, and, and good things happened. And that's okay. But God thanked God for people. I think that's so powerful. Again, is there a relative or a friend that recently you've thanked God for? Has God brought someone to mind that you've thought back and said, wow, they were encouraging, they were helpful? When's the last time you told them? When's the last time you called them or even like wrote a note like I was talking about a minute ago and just say, I just want to thank you? Might there be someone right now that God's put on your heart to maybe tonight or tomorrow contact in some way? As I was preparing this uh, for the last couple of weeks, there were several people that I texted, a couple of folks that I called. And I just said, hey, I, I'm working on a, a talk in Philippians, and God brought you to mind. And I just wanted to say thank you. And one of the people I, I talked to <clears throat> uh, paused and said, Doc, 
you have no idea what this car means to me. And I didn't. He said, I've been having a sexy, sexy week. Maybe I shouldn't say that from the pulpit. Uh, I've been having a bad week. <laughs> and um, he said, I've been depressed. I've been discouraged. I just felt like my life has been a waste. And he said, somehow, that note from you, and then that father of call, and then he, he was in tears. <laughs> a small thing. But what's it like to hear that you're valued, you're respected, you're treasured? That might be one takeaway for you from tonight. It has been for me. I always pray with joy. We talked in the past about the difference between happy and joy. Happy happens to us. If good things happen to me, I'm happy. If bad things happen to me, I'm unhappy. Happiness always depends on circumstances. But joy, joy does not depend upon what happens to me. I mean, here's Paul, stripped, severely beaten, in prison, shipwrecked in Rome, in, in chains, in prison, no hope. And yet Paul says, rejoice evermore. Joy is dependent upon who we are in him. Joy is dependent upon an awareness of his presence. Nothing wrong with being happy. <clears throat> I love being happy. But during the time in my uh, eight cancers and uh, well, more than that, and seven surgeries. I remember when I woke up after and being told I was on a ventilator for three days in ICU in MD Anderson Cancer Center, and that's kind of why I talked about funny. They removed almost all my tongue. They said, you'll never speak again. Uh, they said, you'll have a feeding tube the rest of your life. And for someone who that's all he had done was speak and teach, that wasn't good news. And when the physicians left the room and I had uh, eight different bottles of stuff in me, I had a sense of God saying, Jerry, nothing of any importance or significance has changed. You're still my son. I still love you. I'm still a promised keeper. I can't not keep my word. I can't be unfaithful. Just trust me. And somehow throughout that, in the midst of sorrow and depression and discouragement and horrible news, I also had joy. So just briefly, that's kind of the difference between happiness and joy. Because of your partnership with the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. And if you've asked Christ into your heart, he has begun a good work in you. And he wants to carry it on to completion. Salvation is a lot more than one way to take it to heaven. It's not just a way to avoid problems. Salvation is an opportunity for you and me to learn how to live and look and listen and love and sound a wee bit more like Jesus. To have a joy that is not determined by what happens to us. Yeah, what happens to us impacts us, but it doesn't determine our joy and our content. We're carried on to completion. We are being saved. We are being renewed. We are becoming conformed. It's a process of growing. So it's not just, again, praying the magic prayer so I can do the one way ticket to heaven. 
In fact, if that was the motivation, that probably wasn't really asking Christ to come into our heart as Lord and Savior. Becoming a Christian is living and growing and beginning to look and love and listen and sound a bit more like him every day. You see, when problems come, our happiness runs. Think of that. When problems come, our happiness runs. If you've been unhappy the last week, if you've experienced unhappiness the last month, what was the triggers or buttons? A problem. A depression. Discouragement. You're hopeless. It's not going to get better. Look how better everybody else has it. You know, you're really jacked. What a failure. Wow, how embarrassing. Almost every one of us have heard those kinds of voices in the past week because Satan is faithful. Satan is trustworthy. He wants to rob us of our joy. He wants us to move our perspective from what he's promised. Yeah, he doesn't want us to experience the reality of Christ in, in our lives. But our joy and awareness of God can help move us through those dark, depressing, and discouraging times. And that's why this book was so important. Take a look at this. Setbacks, problems, stupid choices, and failures happen. Okay? But Christianity is not wind sprints. Christianity is not a 50-yard dash. It's cross-country. It's cross-country, up and down, highs and lows, and experiencing God in there. Guys, in over 40 years of walking with Christ, <clears throat> God has been so patient with me, but it's not been my grip on him, but it's his grip on me. He can't let go because he's promised. He can't not leave us. He, 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 I mean, he can't leave us. He can't forsake us because he's promised not to. Wow. My confidence is not in my reverend, my doctor, my degrees, the books I've written, blah, blah, blah. That's not where my confidence is. My confidence in the fact of who I am because of whose I am. And that I am his beloved and you are his beloved. And you're precious in his sight. Regardless of what you do, I mean, I still do and say and feel stupid stuff. I still grapple with depression sometimes. I hate hearing myself talk. I sound goofy. And the first time Christ tricked me in the day that before a group in speaking, man, I was afraid, I was discouraged, I, I almost didn't do it. But God said, Gary, your job is just to be faithful. Just to be faithful. And my friend, that's all that God he asks of us. He never asks us to do anything that we can't do. Verses seven and eight. Paul says, I have you in my mind and in my heart. <clears throat> I have you in my heart, that kind of talks about affection. It's right for me to feel this way about you. And whether I'm in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how long, how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. Paul says, I long for you. I miss you. Not with just because we were good buds and amen, had a good time. Yeah, 
but because of affection of love and because a heart connection. Have you had folks that <clears throat> were friends, and they were good friends and buds, they had fun, but, but other friends who you knew somehow they got you, that maybe they understood a bit of you, that maybe they wanted to have a good time, but not just that, they kind of gave a rip about how you were doing, about your highs and lows. And what difference have those kinds of friends made? That's what Paul's talking about. In the words that Paul uses here, that idea of affection, it refers to love and deep compassion and commitment. And again, my friends, it's not about my grip on God, but it's about his grip on me. It's not about how perfect you are and how you get things right. It's about the fact that you know that regardless God loves you, he can't leave you, he can't forsake you, he delights in blessing you. And this is part of what we're unpacking tonight in introducing. Paul, in, in verses 9 through 11, he says, I have you in my mind and my heart, but I also have you in my prayers. And um, we're going to unpack this in uh, the NIV, but before I move into unpacking verses 9 through 11, I've asked my friend Kyle if he would read verses 9 through 11 from the message translation. And I encourage you just to sit, maybe close your eyes or just reflect and listen carefully to these three short verses from the message. So this is my prayer, that your love will flourish and that you will not only love much, but well. Learn to love appropriately. You need to use your head and test your feelings so that your love is sincere and intelligent and not just sentimental gush. Live a lover's life circumspect and exemplary, a life Jesus would be proud of, bountiful in fruits from the soul, making Jesus Christ attractive to all, getting everyone involved in the glory and the praise of God. Wow. Kyle, would you read that one more time? Yeah. One more time. So this is my prayer that your love will flourish, that you will not only love much, but love well. Learn to love appropriately. You need to use your head and test your feelings so that your love is sincere and intelligent, not just sentimental gush. Live a lover's life, circumspect and exemplary, a life that Jesus will be proud of. Bountiful in fruits from the soul, making Jesus Christ attractive to all, getting everyone involved in the glory and the praise of God. Thank you, friend. This is my prayer, that your love may abound, grow, flourish more and more in knowledge, okay? Head knowledge is important. I still memorize Bible verses. By the time I started college, I had over 200 Bible verses memorized. I scripture memory, and I, I read the word, but your knowledge, but depth of insight, and that's heart knowledge. That's epigenosco. 
that's relational knowledge that transcends the head stuff. And it's the heart knowledge, my friends, who really have the ability to transform who we are. They help us to be more patient and more kind and loving and listen better and not jump to conclusions and not snap. Well, I can snap. I'm, I, I, I can be a heart reactor. But when I do snap, now I, <clears throat> I'm quick to apologize and uh, take responsibility. Loving is very, very practical. Yeah. That your love may abound more and more. First Corinthians 13, the greatest of these is love. Galatians 5, 22, the fruit of the Spirit starts with love. Ephesians 3, 17, rooted and grounded in love. 3, 10, know, know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. 4, 15, speaking the truth in love is how we become better lovers, more mature Christ-like believers, but better husbands and wives, moms and dads, friends. 5, 1, we imitate God by walking in love. And then he goes on in knowledge and depths of insight. Again, he draws home this point. It's not mere cognition, it's compassion. Why? Verse 10. So that you may be able to discern what is good. No. So that you may be able to discern what is better. Yeah, that's, no. So that you may be able to discern what is best. Good's good, better's better but best, my utmost, for his highest. He so delights in blessing us. He wants us to teach us how to love in new ways, to have a patience we've never had, to have a kindness we've never had. And we will never learn how to discern good or better or best if we don't learn how to be still and wait and listen. Boy, it's amazing how much the Bible has to say about those and Growing up as a blown and growing Baptist, I didn't learn much about, I'm not being negative about Baptists, um, but um, I didn't learn much about waiting and being still and listening. Um, and I'll tell you, the more I've studied the Word and the more I've looked at the lives of great women and men, saints who have been gone for hundreds of years, that's what characterized their life. They spent time with him. Somehow, as we choose to spend time with Christ, we become more like him, and our discernment grows. Verse 11, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Not sprinkled. Here's some righteousness. And, and, and Paul says this a lot. Filled. Be filled with the Spirit. And this goes on and on. Filled with the fruit of Righteousness. In Luke 6, 38, Christ said, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. And as I, I thought about that verse, and as I did it being filled, and how much Paul talks about that, <clears throat> I thought, you know, it's, it's so easy. <clears throat> I'd let this glass represent me or you. And, um, and, you know, it really is good to, to read the Bible once in a while. And it really is helpful to pray, you know? 
and to go to the church once in a while, but, but that's not filled. And, um, and so maybe we can do a bit more. And wow, there's about three times more. And I've, boy, I've got, and the reason why I use red reminds me of two things. The blood of Christ, but also Valentine's Day. Red is the main color. It reminds me of love. So that's what this is symbolizing for me. Boy, I'm, I'm not doing too bad. And, uh, wow. Boy, that, and, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. There was nothing wrong with this. But, Here's what he has for us. See? That's what he has for you and me. The Bible says, now it is him who is able to do more than we ask or think. No. Who is able to do abundantly beyond, no. Who is able to do exceedingly, um, now it is him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all we ask for things. This is his heart for us. This is what being filled is about. And this happens day by day, several times throughout the day. Joy is a major fruit of righteousness. And many of you have seen the word joy broken down, <clears throat> where uh, uh, the J is Jesus, and uh, the O is others, and the Y is uh, yourself, Jesus, others, yourself. Paul's all about knowing and loving Jesus. He's filled with concern for others. And he's making wise and healthy choices for himself. Paul in Philippians 2, 2 says, make my joy complete. How? By loving each other. That's how we can make his joy complete. Listen very carefully, and, and, and maybe read this with me. Authentic joy... Authentic joy is never, ever defined by our circumstances or our situations, but by the degree to which we are, moment by moment, minute by minute, choosing to let God help us grow in living, looking, listening, loving, and sounding a wee bit more like him every day. And that's how it happens, moment by moment. Tomorrow, I'll experience some depression I'll have some, some discouragement. This self-critical side of me will pop out somewhere. <clears throat> it always does. And I have a choice, which voice would I choose to listen to? Would I choose to turn to him and say, God, yeah, that might happen. I leave on Tuesday to speak for a conference where there will be 7,000 people. Um, the Gaylord Opryland Hotel is packed with people coming just to this conference it's an international conference. Boy, what could happen? And you have some guy who can't talk, who doesn't have a tongue, who's supposed to say something? How picked and embarrassing. And, um, but yet when that comes, God, thank you that you're present. Thank you that you love me. Thank you that you can't not be faithful. Thank you you put promise of supplying my needs. And I hope you guys can tell this is not just positive thinking. This is not just going to La La Land and pretending everything's fine. Because of who Christ is and what he did for us, because of the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit in the midst of 
we can experience a joy. And that's why Philippians is such, in my heart, a powerful book. Well, in the last 25 minutes, what has God said to you about you? Have you heard God say an encouraging word to you? Have, have you heard God pop in your mind? Well, hey, hey, just because one thing you might be able to do to uh, apply this. Um, whenever I teach, I don't just want to download information. But I ask God to help me share something that I and that all of those who are here can apply. Just even one practical thing. I've gone to hundreds and hundreds of services growing up, and I left with all kinds of good information. And that didn't do me as much good as taking the step and actually applying it. Put my life where my mouth is, huh? <laughs> information rarely leads to application. It's sad, but information rarely. As a psychologist over 40 years, I can tell you, good information rarely produces application. Application is always a choice. It's always a choice. It's easier to be a hearer or a teacher or a teller than a doer or an applier. I love John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice, but we can't hear if we don't listen. And uh, hearing once a week is good. Again, hearing once a week coming to Mosaic is wonderful. I, I, I've come here for... Uh, 25 years. By the way, I think tonight is the 25th anniversary of Mosaic, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. 25 years of meeting. On, yeah, isn't that great? <clears throat> thank you. Thank you, because I've, I've thanked God this week several times. I remember coming to, to the very first service. It wasn't this big, <laughs> you know. And uh, for 25 years, uh, on Saturday night, God has used mosaic. Yeah, thank you, God. Anyway, sorry about that. I, that just kind of hit me. Um, hearing once a week is good, but choosing to hear, choosing to listen, choosing to wait, maybe just a wee bit every day is so much wiser, is so much healthier, is so much mature. So, I'm wrapping this up. This week was one way that I might apply what Paul shared. Well, here's one suggestion, and I don't usually <clears throat> bring my phone up with me, and I don't usually encourage folks to get their phone out, but go ahead and get your phone out, okay? And uh, if you're listening to a football game, two minutes won't hurt, okay? Just get your phone out. And uh, go to the App Store. <clears throat> and uh, then in the App Store, type in, uh, where you have your search, uh, type in Holy Bible, okay? Just type in Holy Bible. And what you'll find is something just like that up on the screen, that little symbol. And I'd like to encourage you to uh, <clears throat> just load that. It's free. Push to get, and uh, it's free. This app is amazing. This Bible app has been used over literally 500 million times by tons of folks around the world just in different languages. And this app, I think, has 35 or so different translations of the Bible. And I'd like to invite you once a day this week 
to just go to Philippians and pick a translation. I, I like three or four different ones. I, I love the Amplified, the King James as a message. And maybe pick a, a different translation and just read Philippians 1, 1 to 11. Just read that once a day. That's it. And then listen. And see if the Holy Spirit has anything to say to you um, about you and about him. Let's bow together in prayer. Lord, we thank you that you are a promise maker. But even more, we thank you that you're a promise keeper. We thank you, God, that you can't not be faithful, that you can't not keep your word, that you are able and want to do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond all we ask or think. And God, in addition to myself, I pray for each of us here that I maybe leave tonight a wee bit encouraged, maybe with a, a bit better understanding of joy and how much you love us. And God, may each of us maybe pick one way that we can apply a part of what your Spirit said to us tonight. As always, we ask these things in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. and stand as we sing now about our great Christ King. Were creation suddenly articulate with a thousand tongues to lift one cry and from north to south and east to west we'd hear Christ be magnified
be magnified. Church, would you pray this with me together? Oh, I won't bow to idols. I'll stand strong and worship you. And if it puts me in the fire, I'll rejoice because you're there too. I won't be formed by feelings. I'll hold fast to what is true. If the cross brings transformation, then I'll be crucified with you. Cause death is just a doorway to resurrection life. If I join you in suffering, then I'll join you in your eyes. Father, we love you, but Lord, we consider, Lord, the joy that comes with our trials, Lord, and it's only because of you that we can call it joy, and what a gift it is. We love you, God. We pray these things in your name, amen. Hey, we'll have our prayer team available in the back. We'll have prayer cards available. We'd love to pray for you this week, so fill one out if we can be praying for you as a staff. If you have any questions, visit our staff in the info booth. But for now, let's go in peace to love and serve the Lord and the people of God said, thanks be to God. See you next week, church.